Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Live from America's finest city, it's the John Cantera Show. <laughs> now, here's the coach, John Cantera, on 97.3 The Fan. Hour number three, Coach John Cantera going to three o'clock, and then it will be the Gwen and Chris program. But you know what? You're only going to get Gwen and Chris for two hours today because tonight we got an early Padre game. Our pregame show with Braden Soprenen will get underway at 5:10. First pitch tonight will be at uh, 6:10. That means we're all going to get a little more sleep tonight. I never go to bed until the final out. I don't care what, how long it takes. I was one of those goofy kids years ago when the Angels played 20 innings on a Friday night. Uh, and uh, I stayed up uh, all 20 innings until Angel Manguel hit one down the right field line and won the ball game for the Oakland A's. And the next day, Tony Canigliaro announced his retirement. We're going to get to your phone calls uh, this hour, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. Now, I, I said that the Houston wasn't that great last year. They made the playoffs, and, and they got out to a bad start last year. They were 0-3, but they made the playoffs. They got beat in their playoff game. 21 to 7 by Indianapolis and Andrew Luck. Uh, but they didn't score until uh, about the 10 minute mark in the fourth quarter. They were never really in that playoff game. But, you know, I, I didn't think they were all that great. Uh, but you give them credit. They started out 0 3 and very well could have, uh, you know, uh, uh, rolled on their back and uh, uh, gone belly up eventually. And uh, But they, they hung in there and they made the playoffs. And, you know, I think with Deshaun uh, uh, quarterback uh, back there, the, the kid out of uh, Clemson, he had to. Uh, be okay. He had to be okay. I think he's going to have a really good career. Very athletic guy. And J.J. Uh, Watt, I looked him up. I couldn't believe because in 2016 and 17, he played in a total of eight games. He actually played in all 16 games last year and had uh, 61 uh, total tackles and 16 sacks, which was good enough for second uh, in the National Football League last year. Okay, we've talked a lot about the Padres and them closing the gap with the Dodgers and what they need to do. And we'll get into that more, and we'll take your phone calls on that. Uh, we've talked uh, – uh, now we're going to talk about the Lakers. And uh, I love the Lakers. I love them, and I think there are a lot of people in San Diego that love them. I know in Southern California there is much talked about uh, franchises out there right now, and everybody's anticipating this season with Anthony Davis coming in to work with uh, LeBron. And now they're signing Dwight Howard. That'll be very, very interesting. But uh, a couple of guys that were part of three NBA championship teams. Uh, this will never end. And I want to start off. Uh, Kobe Bryant uh, was on uh, a program. He was on with uh, Patrick Bet David uh, at the PHP uh, agency convention. And here's uh, Kobe Bryant talking on about how many rings he thought he should have won with Shaq. Who would Shaq be if he had your work ethic? He'd be the greatest of all time. If Shaq had your work, he'd be the greatest of all greatest time. Greatest of all time by For sure. He, he'd be the first to tell you that. For sure. I mean, this guy was a, a force like I have never seen. I mean, it was crazy. You know, a guy at that size, generally guys at that size are a little timid and 
they don't want to be tall. They don't want to be big. Man, this dude was, he did not care. He was mean. He was nasty. He was competitive. He was vindictive. I mean, he was, yeah, I wish he was in the gym. I would have had 12 rings. He had the work ethic. My God, yeah. We ain't be close. Wow. And, and let me ask you, let me ask you this question. And by the way, I'm not asking this question to create feud between you and him. You, you I don't care, you bro. Listen, me, I'm me and Shaq talk, questions. sit down all the time when I say, dude, if your lazy ass is in shape. I hear you saying all the time, and he oh, takes I, it. I tell him all the time. I love that. Uh, that. That's pretty good stuff right there. And Kobe then was asked a question about Shaq underachieving in his career. And, you know, he, he basically said, hey, if the guy had worked hard, he'd have been fine and, you know, would have gone on and on. And we know that Shaq, we know that Shaq, you know, never really was in the shape that he was early in his career when he came out of LSU playing for Dale Brown and after those years with the Orlando Magic. He was never in the best of shape. But Shaq's response was, you would have had 12 if you passed the ball more, especially in the finals against the Pistons. And, uh, hey, you know what? I love both those guys. Big Kobe Bryant fan. Think about this. Kobe's last game, he scored 60 points. And I sat there and watched every every point go in. His last game in the NBA, he scored 60 points. But you kind of wonder. I mean, Kobe ended up winning a couple of more with Paul Gasol as being the, the main man. Where would it have been with uh, Shaquille O'Neal? Laker fans, I'd like to hear from you about this. You want to talk about this? You want to talk about the, uh, the current Laker uh, uh, ball club going to training camp here before too long. Uh, I think it's kind of funny that these guys still talk about it. And, you know, you look at Shaq's career. We know what Kobe did uh, and all the awards he won and where he finished on the all-time scoring list. But, you know, people never really talk about Shaquille O'Neal and, and where he's at on uh, some of these lists. But Shaq hung around long enough uh, to uh, score 28,596 points. Uh, and that's eighth. That's eighth best right now. He also had uh, 13,099 rebounds. He averaged 23.7 points per game and averaged 10.9 rebounds per game. He was a 15-time All-Star. Only one-time NBA MVP, which I found that kind of hard to believe. And I know Jordan was playing it a portion of that time. He had other, a lot of great players, but he won only uh, one uh, NBA uh, Most Valuable Player. The other thing about Shaq, and it's a lot like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, it's a lot like uh, Wilt Chamberlain. The referees called the game a lot different on those guys. Those guys took a beating. Now, the, the difference between Shaq and uh, Kareem and Chamberlain was Chamberlain would, uh, you know, knock you on your you-know-what. And Shaq, every once in a while, he was a mild-mannered guy. For the most part, he was pretty good, but he could also get a little bit testy. He could get a little bit testy, and uh, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar... You know, for the most part, he was just such a great player. Fake right, goal left, uh, sky hook, a 15, good. I mean, that's what he was all about. Coming out of UCLA, he had that sky hook developed, and he was just a, a really good, solid NBA player night in and night out. He was one of the all-time best. That, that's the one thing I don't understand. When people talk about the NBA, they forget about Chamberlain. Chamberlain averaged 50.4 points per game one year. And I don't care who was guarding him, whether it was Daryl Imhoff or uh, Nate Thurmond or Walt Bellamy or Willis Reed, 
The guy averaged 50.4 points per ball game. Okay, that that'll never even be touched. He's the only guy in NBA history to score 100 uh, points that night down in Hershey, Pennsylvania. But nobody ever talks about Chamberlain as being one of the greatest players of all time. It's always about Jordan, or now it's about LeBron, or it was about this guy or that guy. The other guy that never gets talked about is Lou Alcindor, better known as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I mean, he's the all-time scoring leader in NBA history. The man was amazing. He did it with uh, an out-of-the-box hook shot. He's an incredible player. He played for a long period of time, but nobody ever gives that man his due. And and I don't really understand why. He's never, ever talked about uh, as being one of the great players of all time in the top two or three. It's always somebody else and usually led by Jordan. But getting back to Shaq, and Kobe's probably right, but both those guys were egomaniacs. Kobe's an egomaniac. Shaq's an egomaniac and may be in a little bit more of a fun way than Kobe. I don't know if Kobe's all that fun a guy. I really don't know. I think Shaq's a pretty fun guy. When he's riding around in those commercials with a general, he seems to be pretty cool. But I'd like to get your thoughts on that. What about that feud? How many championships could they have won? They wouldn't have won 12. That's a little bit uh, much. But they'd have won more than three. But remember, Kobe also did win those two with Paul Gasol. Our phone number, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. And we'll get back to the, the Padres as well. How can they close the gap with the Los Angeles Dodgers as early as 2020? Richie and Chula Vista, thanks for waiting. You're on with Coach John Cantero on 97.3 The Fan. How you doing today? Hi, I'm good. Uh, this is my first time calling in. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Hi. Uh, I just wanted to talk about the Andrew Luck and the quarterback situation. Okay. And this is exactly the reason that Dak deserves the money that he asked for. I don't think he deserves $40 million like they reported. But these are the things that quarterbacks have to go through. They get hit every day. They have to answer the tough questions. They're another. Uh, they're they're like another owner. And uh, I just think that Dak deserves at least thirty-five million a year. What, what would you like to say about that? Well, I I don't look at him right now as being one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. Uh, uh, is he uh, a big component of what Dallas does? Absolutely. If he were to leave, who would they bring in and how long would it take to get them back to where they're at right now? I think they got a really interesting situation there right now, Richie. I mean, you've got, obviously, the Zeke Elliott situation. Uh, they've got Amari Cooper, who's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. they got Dak Prescott. Uh, they took care of uh, their defensive uh, lineman last week. Uh, it, it's a slippery slope. Uh, uh, I don't necessarily think he's worth 35 a year. I do think he's very uh, worthy of a, a big money contract, but boy, that's really pushing the envelope at 35 million a year. I think. I, I see it's pushing as well, but if you see him going to hit the free agent market, he could hit 40 easily. Well, he might, uh, but again, he won't be going with a ball club that's anywhere close to you know, being as competitive and uh, have the opportunity to win a division title and, and go through the playoffs and get to a Super Bowl. But again, you know, I think at the end of the day, uh, every ball player is their own entity. Uh, and you know, he's got to get the money while he can, while his stock is high, and if somebody's willing to, 
to pay it. If it gets to that point, I certainly understand that. And then that's when the Cowboys have to weigh, hey, if he leaves, who do we have? What's it going to cost? And how long is it going to take? So there are a lot of variables there. Uh, I think they'll get it done. You know, the thing that, that I like about Jerry Jones, I mean, Jerry Jones is a braggart, uh, but you know what? He normally puts his money where his mouth is. And I certainly appreciate that. That's why on this Ezekiel Elliott situation, I think you'll get him in camp. He may not have him in camp in week one, but I think the loyalty and, and the uh, friendship that those two guys have uh, uh, forged in his career, uh, Elliott's career there with uh, the Cowboys, I think that's going to prevail in the end. And I think Jerry Jones, I'm not going to say he's going to win it, but I think he will find a way to soothe things over and get uh, Elliott into camp. And it would not surprise me in the least if he gets a, a nice contract for Prescott done as well. Well, I, I went to camp, and I saw Tony Pollard. I went to five different camps while, I, while they were out in Oxnard. Uh-huh. And I saw that he was really, really good. He uh, he out-juked uh, Leighton Vanders two to three different times that I remember. Yeah, the, uh, the other the other I, situation, Richie, and I'll let you go, and I thank you for being a first-time mm-hmm. caller. I always appreciate that. Uh, you know, it's one thing in camp. Guys can look good, and they can look good in the preseason. But, man, you're, you're going against a lot of vanilla defense. And all of a sudden, man, you got guys coming every which way and coming up the middle and getting in your face. See, though, that's what all these young quarterbacks are going to face week one. I mean, they're, they're seeing, you know, base defense, a variation, maybe a, a little bit of a stunt game, a little red dog, a little blitz here and there. But, boy, week one comes, and they're going to expose any type of weakness they think that you have. It's that simple. When we come back, we'll get back to more of your phone calls. We're also going to hear a a little bit uh, from Jerry Jones regarding uh, Zeke Elliott. And want to talk a little bit about Melvin Gordon as well. Uh, We'll give you what we know about that. 833-288-0973. 833-288-0973. Thanks for joining me, Coach John Cantero at L3. And it'll be Gwen and Chris right here on 97.3 The Fan. Adam Klug uh, spinning a little Boston for us at 2.22 on a Wednesday. Boy, this show is uh, flying by. Again, we'll get you to uh, Gwen and Chris coming up at 3 o'clock. I really want to load these phone lines up. I've given you a a pretty good uh, uh, appetizer out there today to jump on. And we had some people uh, call in the 12 o'clock hour. want to get back at it here as we work our way towards the top of the hour. Uh, Again, uh, 2020 is the year for the Padres. That's the mark that they put on it. Man, I'm looking right now, and I'm going, wow, they got a lot to do during the off season. Uh, needless to say, I mean, when you sit right now and you're playing your uh, arch rival, the uh, Dodgers, and you start play tonight at uh, 24 and a half games back of first place, how, how do you even compete against this Dodger ball club next year? How do you compete against them? I mean, the Dodgers, they have right now, they've got a 19 and a half game lead over the second place team in the division. I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, Arizona's a game over 500. Arizona's done pretty good this year. Uh, they've been better on the road than they were at home. Uh, they haven't played all that well at Chase Field this year. Dodgers, I mean, it's like automatic win night. They're 52-18 and 18 at home this year and 35-29 and 29 on the road. Think about that. As good as the Dodgers are, they're only six games over 500 on the road. But at home... And they get bobblehead nights out. Guys get game-winning hits, game-winning homers. It's crazy. They're 52-18, and 18, and the Padres are 24 and a half games back and in fourth place right now. How can they close the gap as early as next year? 
833-288-0973. Wanted to mention something about Alabama here, and I'm going to get out to the calls. We had Nick Saban uh, some sound the other day about suspending players and kicking guys out into the street, and he talked about Mohsin Muhammad, uh, how uh, when he was at Michigan State, he got in trouble, and everybody wanted to, you know, just uh, ditch the guy and forget about him. And uh, he, Saban suspended him and did a few other things, probably, I would imagine, some physical punishment along the way. And Mohsin Muhammad, as uh, Saban stated the other day in his press conference, went on and played 15 years in the uh, NFL and had a really a great career. And now he's the president of a company. He's got seven children, and his one daughter is going to Princeton. And he goes, you know, I could have thrown that guy out, and, you know, what's that do? Everybody wants, everybody wants carnage nowadays. And he, he talked about that. Well, Nick Saban, yesterday was not a good day for the Alabama football program. First, they lose their inside linebacker, Dylan Moses, who, by the way, is on the Butkus Award list. He's gone for the entire 2019 season, tearing his ACL in practice yesterday. And then Coach Saban had to uh, suspend his top two running backs, Najee Harris and Brian Robinson, for the first half of their season opener this weekend for violation of team rules. Uh, Crimson Tide, I think they'll be able to overcome it because they're playing Duke. Now, that's not to say David David Cutcliffe team will not be ready to go. They will. But they'll have a new quarterback as Daniel Jones is now with the New York Football Giants. But the season not starting out all that well right now for uh, Coach Saban and the University of Alabama. Again, uh, we're going to hear those uh, sounds from uh, Jerry Jones talking about Zeke Elliott here after the bottom of the hour. But if you want to chime in, get at me today, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. Just a, a friendly reminder because I know we're all conditioned during the week for the Padres to play a 7-10 games. It's a 6-10 game tonight. They play a few of those throughout the course of the year, especially on a getaway night. Actually, tonight's going to be getaway night for both ball clubs. Uh, Dodgers will be leaving town, and the Padres are going to head up right after the ball game to uh, San Francisco, and that game tomorrow night will be a first pitch at 645 in the Bay Area. Dave in San Diego wants to talk Kobe Bryant, and uh, Dave, welcome to 97.3 The Fan. How you doing today? Thanks, Coach. I, I, I did enjoy Kobe's comments. I mean, it, it was they were pretty funny. But I, I've always thought, you know, obviously if he would have stayed in better shape, I agree. But the one thing that I think that, that Shaq could have done to make himself just impossible to deal with was to be able to develop a free throw shot, which he never did. I mean, as a former basketball player, it killed me to watch him shoot free throws, and he never, ever – developed a free throw shot and if he would have done that and just shot like 65 percent which is horrible (laughs) he would have been like you know an extra six points a game and they couldn't have like you know he would never have you know taken out like in the fourth quarter like they had to do at times because the hack-a-shack i mean they developed a, 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 you know, a foul just to make him shoot free throws. It's crazy. You know? Well, you know, you know what, Dave? Uh, hey, Dave, let me tell you this. And I totally concur with you. And I remember watching Wilt Chamberlain. Heck, Wilt Chamberlain that one year, uh, he went to the free throw line and shot him underhanded. I mean, because he wasn't a good free throw shooter. you got to work at it. Some guys have the technique. Some guys don't. But, you know, we could talk about hack-a-shack at all levels right now. I go to high school games or or college games or watch a game on TV uh, in the NBA. It's amazing to me how many guys that spend so many hours in the gym 
that they can't shoot worth a darn from the charity stripe. It's unbelievable. You know, it really is, and I, I agree with you. You know, I, I mean, I'll even give you a local one because you know when Skyler Spencer switched hands his senior year to shoot right. free throws. Oh my gosh, I was just shaking my head, going, "You got to be <laughs> kidding me! That's not a solution." But you know, I mean, hopefully the Lakers return to their glory this year. But I also wanted to touch upon something that you've been talking about all day in Rocky's comments about you know the season ticket holders. Because guess what? I've had season tickets for 28 years, and I, I don't think anybody really, you know, here's what's happened. They've lost 15% of season ticket holders, but guess what, Coach? They're going to take in more revenue this year. You know why? Because the rates went up tremendously. Right. My tickets went up My tickets went up about 22% overall. And last year they went up, and in my section, I've heard people grumbling last year, and the comments were things like this. It was like, well, you know, I don't know if I can afford to have tickets in the new stadium, and I don't know. And, I, and my comment to them was, you know, our tickets are so affordable even now. But the problem is, and I think this is a marketing problem at San Diego State, is they've built their season ticket fan base on cheap, affordable family entertainment. And I agree the 730 start doesn't help. Right. But I think, I think what we're seeing right now is a lot of people saying, you know what, I don't even know if I can afford the tickets in the new stadium, and so I'm just going to opt out now. And that's not what we want to do is, you know, I mean, if you remember when the Padres in their last couple of years at Qualcomm, what they did, which I think was really smart, they came up with a lot of creative smaller packages and stuff. So people knowing the stadium is going to be built have an opportunity to get into Petco. And I'm seeing kind of the opposite. Even though the revenue is up there, it's kind of like, well, is this the best strategy? I mean, you're going to lose some fans if you keep raising the prices, and I, I don't think that's the best way to go. Well, Dave, let, let me respond a couple of different ways. First, I want to applaud the Padres because I think the Padres, uh, you know, they're in, in business. They're trying to make money, but the Padres, I think, do a hell of a job uh, to try to uh, make their fans happy, and they listen to what their fans have to say. They have meetings with the fans, and, you know, I think that, you know, San Diego State probably does, but I think San Diego State probably needs to get out in the community a little bit more and talk to people that aren't going, not necessarily the people that are going, because the people that are going, like I said yesterday, they're really into it. We just need to create more and more interest in Aztec football. Now, as far as the new stadium, you know, from what I understand, if you buy season tickets now, that's going to give you an opportunity to get in on the ground floor when that new stadium is uh uh, going to come to fruition. And again, they're, they're talking about, I think, September 3rd against Arizona in 2022. Last I heard out of the words of J.D. Wicker when I was watching an interview. Uh, and, you know, I don't think that the price right now for the tickets is not cost prohibitive. Obviously, you go into a new stadium, they're going to jack the price up a little bit, but hopefully the product's still good. I mean, I have no idea how long Rocky Long plans on coaching. I mean, he could walk away this year. He could walk away after next year. I don't know. But at the end of the day, right now, they've got a good football program. They've got to bounce back. They've got to play this year with more passion, more energy. And, and they've got to show the fans that they can open it up a little bit and bring high-flying football here to San Diego. And if they end up going, you know, 9-3 and three and go to a bowl game, win a bowl game, people are going to be on board again. Uh, the conference is going to get uh, tougher. Uh, Fresno State up there with uh, – Coach Tedford, is, uh, they're going to be a good program, and they're going to be a fly in the ointment for San Diego State. 
But you bring in the revenue, that's great, but you still need fans. You need to continue to work on cultivating fans. We're going to get to the bottom of the hour. Come back. We'll get to more phone calls. I want to hear from Jerry Jones, his uh, thoughts on Ezekiel Elliott. I still promised I'll update you on Melvin Gordon. Our phone number, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. Coach John Cotera going to the top of the hour in the Gwen and Chris program right here on 97.3 The Fan. 2.37 the time on a Wednesday. Hump week, fired up, going to head home. i got to work on my game boards because we've got a big high school football game coming up on Friday night on the fan. Uh, Friday night, we're going to bring in San Diego CIF football as modern-day Crusaders head out to East County as they go on the road to face the Grossmont Foothillers. By the way, both teams won last week. They're both coming in at 1-0. The game can be heard for free on Radio.com and the Radio.com app. Make sure to download the Radio.com app to hear uh, the game from 97.3, the fan. And, of course, once the Padres season's over, we'll have high school football every uh, Friday night through the CIF championships right here on 97.3, the fan. The great thing about the Radio.com app is you can go to another high school football game. You don't have to take your little transistor radio. You can listen to the ball game on the Radio.com app uh, on the uh, phone. And uh, also, if you got uh, grandparents or family outside of San Diego, great way to let them uh, still be a part of Friday Night Lights. Also, I want to remind everyone, all our guests appear on the SDCCU Fan Hotline. SDCCU has auto loan rates as low as 3.15% APR, and low rates means a low payment. Supply today at sdccu.com. Uh, T uh, and Nick, hang in there. I'm going to get to you in a second. Again, if you'd like to dial me up, we're going to be here until 3 o'clock. Love to hear your take on the San Diego Padres. Uh, you know, my take here, and I want to get to Jerry Jones, is Padres need to spend uh, some money on pitching. They're going to have to make a decision if Luis Urias is going to be their guy. If he is, great. They don't have to spend that money on free agent second baseman. They also have to make a decision on what they're going to do out in center field. Manny Margot, good enough to uh, make a run uh, at a division title next year, a wild card spot with him being in there 145 games next year in center field. And what do you do behind the plate? What do you do behind the plate? Uh, do you keep both these catchers? Is Mejia your number one? Is uh, Austin Hedges your number one? Uh, I think when you're talking about a, building a baseball team, uh, anybody that's been around baseball more than about five or six minutes knows you have to be strong up the middle. I got question marks behind the plate, second base, and center field. What do you have? 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. And again, in the middle of the diamond, the guy that goes up on that dirt and is looking down at the hitters from 60 feet, 6 inches, Got to go get two veterans to take the pressure off of these young kids. Okay, I want to get to Jerry Jones, and I'm going to get to the uh, phones. You know, I've said all along, when you got these two top running backs sitting out in uh, Zeke Elliott and uh, Melvin Gordon for the Chargers, I thought all along that uh, Gordon's going to be longer than uh, Zeke Elliott. And Jerry Jones uh, was uh, asked, he was on uh, 105.3 The Fan uh, there and he does a, like a weekly thing. Uh, he uh, was asked, "Is there a deadline been placed on Zeke Elliott and his people to get him into camp?" Not really, uh, not really at all. Uh, uh, a lot of things happen when we start missing games. But uh, uh, guys, you know, uh, uh, you miss can miss games uh, with injury. We have to be prepared uh, to be trite. We have to be prepared to. Uh, uh, play without any given player, uh, 
And um, uh, that's just a given. That's not unusual business in the NFL. And uh, we played without uh, players for suspension. We played without them for injury. Uh, it'll happen again this year. And uh, we may very well play without a player that uh, uh, is uh, not coming in on his contract. So if that's the case, we'll just play. And we'll play, and we'll play well. We've got, we've got a, a, a really, I think, talented young team put together. We're going to get to a Padre roster move here in just a second, but I want to stay with Jerry Jones. Padres have uh, made a roster move here, and we'll get to it here in just a second. But, uh, again, uh, talking about uh, Zeke Elliott, and Jerry Jones was asked once again, if you get him signed, would he be ready for week one? Oh, not at all. And keep in mind that, uh, listen, uh, we've got a marathon here, and we want Zeke when we get to the playoffs. We want Zeke when we're... Uh, in the uh, uh, dog days of this season. And uh, as you well know, you have to uh, plan your personnel and you uh, uh, have to uh, manage. Uh, you have to manage uh, a player uh, the caliber of Zeke. You have to, uh, as to what parts of the game you use him, how much rest you use him. Uh, and so uh, uh, for us, Zeke, as we got on into the end of the season, would be great. That's Jerry Jones, who uh, was on the 105.3, the fan there in Dallas, uh, talking about Ezekiel Elliott. I, I got a lot of confidence in Jerry Jones that he will get something done. I think he will uh, definitely uh, get him in. Now, Melvin Gordon, on the other hand, uh, and Eric Williams, who I'm a big fan of, who writes for ESPN.com. We've had Eric on uh, for a number of years. He used to be up in Seattle, been in uh, San Diego, now in Los Angeles. Does a hell of a job, hell of a job uh, covering uh, the NFL. He was on yesterday with Gwen and Chris, and here's what uh, Eric had to say about Melvin Gordon, and this kind of surprised me a little bit. I think if he's back by Tuesday of next week, he could play in a limited capacity in that first game against the Colts. So to me, that's kind of the drop-dead date of when he needs to be back. And that's really when it starts counting, right, when you start to get those regular season game checks. Um, so we'll, we'll see what his decision is and really what the Chargers' decision is in terms of what they're going to pay him. You know, it's been reported, and, and I believe it's accurate, they're offering about uh, $10 million annually a year. Again, I don't know what the, the guarantees are in the package that they're offering. He believes he should be paid amongst the top running backs in the league, which are making about 13 to 14 million annually. So, we'll see who blinks first. Um, but I think if you watched uh, how the Chargers ran the football in preseason, I think you know Melvin Gordon is, is needed. And uh, Eric, uh, who I, I think the world of as a writer, Eric Williams, he uh, went on in an article uh, today uh, that he uh, thinks that this holdout will. Uh, uh, probably end, and he will be uh, in uh, at least for week one. I don't know if he'll be able to play week one, uh, but if he's in uh, practice, who knows if he gets in there on a Tuesday. Maybe they'll uh, get him ready. He's been in great shape, but, I mean, you look at the Chargers right now. they got Austin Eckler. they got Justin Jackson. they got Tromaine Pope. Uh, they got some pretty good players. We had Justin Jackson on a program last year. He He's a marvelous guest. I mean, really, really good guest. Played at Northwestern and had a really great career there. Let's get back to the phones. Um, again, if I had to pick, I think Ezekiel Elliott's in camp before Melvin Gordon. That, that's what I think. Let's get to these phone lines. 833-288-0973, 833 288 
888-900-0973. T in San Ysidro, you're on with Coach John Cantero on 97.3 The Fan. Good afternoon. How are you? How you doing, Chief? I'm doing well today. Thanks. Um, regarding about the Padres competing for 2020, I've already laid out my foot plan. You need to have, you keep on saying two starters. We need three bona fide starters. If you take a look at the last 10 World Series champions, they all had three solid, solid front-line pitchers as well as relievers. Now, regarding our hitting situation and our second baseman, the second baseman, he's got to be shipped down to Tijuana, dude. That guy is worthless. We're going to need to find a really good second baseman. What bugs me about the Padres, they don't know how to think outside of the box. Since Franchi Corvero is coming back, he was a shortstop. I can guarantee you that kid can play second. And if you don't want to do that, why don't we just take um, Hedges out of the catching position or Mejeda and try them at second base. And it was done with uh, with Craig Biggio, the hitting coach. We need to have. I can almost guarantee you. And you can start. You have access to the to the um, to the ball club. Go down there and just work with Hedges. We can start with one player. <laughs> have him get in the cage. Have them put the pitching machine at 100 miles an hour. Have them butt 45 times to the right, 45 times to the left. Second, have them put the plate in the middle of the stands. And third, just have them choke up a little bit on the back and eliminate that foot, the, the leg kick. Tony Gwynn, one of the greatest hitters of all time. I was so fortunate to see that guy play. He, If you take a look at the videos, he has the plate in the middle of his stands. And he's not lifting his leg up high, none of this BS. He just sits there, puts the ball to, I mean, he puts the bat to the ball and hits the ball. He doesn't choke up on the bat because it's a 32-inch. We need to have these players start swinging with authority with more contact instead of just trying to hit home runs. Well, D, let, let me jump in because you're, you're going a lot of different directions on me, uh, and I appreciate the phone call. Let me go one at a time. First of all, the Padres strike out more than any team in baseball. And that's got to end. And how that's going to end, I have no idea. I mean, either get rid of the players or these guys have to be coachable. As far as Austin Hedges, and I'm not going to sit here and I'm going to come out of retirement and go down and work with these guys, but I do work with a fair amount of professional players around town uh, during the offseason, and there's two guys in particular that I, I work with. And uh, they're down in the minor leagues. They're working their way, hopefully, to the big leagues at some point in time. But if Austin Hedges is coachable, Johnny Washington is a very capable hitting coach. And I don't know Johnny all that well. Uh, in fact, I really don't know him at all. But I do know his reputation. He came from the Dodger organization. I'm sure he's doing a great job. He wouldn't be a major league hitting coach unless he knows his stuff. And he was the assistant hitting coach here for a couple of years and did a really nice job. And he got promoted when Matt Stairs was let go at the end of last year. But there are some basic things that all hitters have to do. And I had a conversation yesterday before the show. My brother called me. And I've got a nephew that plays in Colorado. And he's a very good player. And my, my brother called and was asking me about hitting philosophies. And I, I, I told him, I go, what's this guy teaching him? He goes, well, he's having him, you know, kind of dip his back shoulder. I go, well, you know what? Nada, nada. I want young hitters to learn to be good, sound, fundamental hitters. And I look at the Padre hitters. Austin Hedge is not a good, solid, fundamental hitter. 
I mean, he needs to start again, and it's going to take – it's not going to turn around right now. It's not going to turn around right now, I'm telling you. you, you got to have the offseason. you got to take him out of a pressure situation, pressure environment, and let him just hone his skill, hone his skill. I'm not convinced. I'm really not convinced that Austin Hedges cannot be a good, solid major league hitter. Now, I'm not saying you were going to take a 206 career hitter and make him a 270 hitter and hit 25 bombs, but I believe the kid is a good enough athlete to hit 240 and hit 20 home runs. We saw him a couple of years ago, uh, three years ago, he hit 18 home runs, and he's digressed. I mean, he's gone backwards, and he shouldn't. He puts in the time, but again, I don't know if he's a coachable guy or he's hesitant or he's a tinkerer. Some of these hitters, they go 0 for 4, and all of a sudden they want to change their stance, they want to change their hands. You know, Cal Ripken, and Rod Carew are great examples. Those guys were able to do stuff like that. But not the average human being, the average ball player can get away with that. I mean, Cal Ripken would change his, his uh, plate appearance uh, maybe two or three different times during a game or maybe a couple of times during a, a certain at-bat. That's just the way certain players do it. But the Padres, they have, if they want to be competitive, they have to cut down on these strikeouts. They have to cut down on the strikeouts. Okay, before I get back to the phones, I promised you a Padre move, and it's not a big one. Nick Margavich is going to come up, help the ball club out. Uh, he's being recalled from Double uh, A uh, Amarillo. So Margavich is who we saw earlier in the year, and I couldn't say his name at the beginning of the year. Uh, he's back with the ball club. And Austin Allen, who did a nice job. I mean, he uh, ended up striking out last night against Russell Martin, but the night before he had that nice uh, double in the ball game. And Austin Allen will be back uh, September 1st, unless they want to leave him in AAA for the playoffs. Austin Allen uh, will be back with the ball club at some point in September. So left-hander Nick Margavich was being recalled today by the Padres and uh, Austin Allen being sent down to Triple uh, uh, A uh, Again, uh, if you missed it, the Padres did claim 29-year-old outfielder Nick Martini off of waivers from the Oakland Athletics, and last we heard, uh, he may be joining the ball club tomorrow night in the Bay Area. Let's get back to the phones. We work our way towards the top of the hour, and Gwen and Chris, Nick in San Diego, welcome to the program. How are you today, Nick? Coach, doing well. Thanks for always taking my call. You're welcome. Thanks for making that call. Hey, I want to talk. I want to talk a little NFL. You know, you just brought up Jerry Jones and Zeke. Uh-huh. I think Jerry's ego is getting the best of them here. They need to get Zeke in sooner than later. The NFL is a short season. One game in September is in September is the same as one in December. And if they don't get him in soon, they're not a playoff team. I am 100% convinced that Zeke is the most important non-quarterback player on any roster in the NFL. Dak is adequate, but he's not good enough to carry this team. This team built around the offensive line for this type of running back for their offense. Jason Garrett is not creative enough <laughs> to deal with it without Zeke. If they don't get him in sooner than later, the season's going to be over sooner than later. Nick, uh, you know what? I'm going to have to tend to agree with you. I, I think that uh, Zeke Elliott is probably the way that team is uh, built. Uh, is the most important uh, part uh, of that team and uh, probably more important than any other quarterback uh, in the league. And, you know, he doesn't play the quarterback spot, but he's key because they've built that football team around that running game. I agree 100%. Nick, you very much uh, appreciate the phone call as always. Uh, we're going to get back to phone calls here in a minute. Again, time to get in, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. But right now, 
I want to get to the Hang of Star play of the day. What play separated the winners from the losers? It's time for the Hang a Star play of the day. You can hang a star on that, baby. A 97.3 The Fan. A one pitch. Swinging a high fly ball out to deep right center field. Margo racing back at the wall. He leaps and he makes the catch. Manuel Margo took a home run away from Cody Bellinger. Pollock's got a race back to first. He gets in there without a throw. But Margo looking like Adam Jones in the World Baseball Classic in that shorter fence to the right of straightaway center field. Just took away number 43 from Cody Bellinger. That was the Hang a Star play of the day on the John Cantera Show on 97.3 The Fan. I'll tell you what, that may have been a homer call and a 9 nothing loss, uh, getting whitewashed last night by the Dodgers. But I want first of all, I want to say a great call by Jesse Agler, uh, referring to Adam Jones making that catch in the World Baseball Classic. Nice effort, Jesse. Uh, you're probably already at the ballpark uh, going through the stats and stories for the ball game tonight. Uh, but it also made it even a better catch because earlier in the game, Manny took a fastball in the head at 95 miles an hour and looked like he was going to have to come out of the ball game. He hung in there, uh, ended up getting charged with an error later in the game, but also stole a base immediately after he took that uh, fastball into the uh, head. Uh, and hopefully he's uh, okay today. Hopefully he's in tonight's lineup. Let's get back to the phones. And reminder, I will be in uh, tomorrow afternoon. We'll be on uh, 12 to 3 tomorrow. And uh, always enjoy the conversation with all you great fans out there. I've been saying for years, uh, I get people uh, that are really sports people, people that like to talk sports, not a lot of a nonsense uh, uh, with uh, our program. We like to talk uh, flat-out sports. Uh, there are no bells and whistles. We just like to uh, enjoy our conversation with a lot of you great fans out there. Also, tomorrow on the program, we're going to have Annie Heilbrunn from uh, the Union Tribune and Fox Sports San Diego. And we're going to talk a little UCLA football tomorrow uh, with Ben Bolch, who covers the Bruins for the LA Times. In fact, uh, Ben will be on the road trip. Uh, Bruins open up tomorrow night uh, against Cincinnati at Nippert Stadium. Jared in San Diego, thanks for waiting. You're on with Coach John Cantera. Jared, how are you today? Not bad, Coach. How you doing? I'm doing real well. Well, uh, I had, by the way, I'm a first-time caller. Well, thank you. I very much appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, I I really, uh, as far as the lineup change for the Padres go, I really feel like we need to keep uh, Manny Margot. I, I just I just love watching him play. And I, if, I'm, if I believe if I'm right, he's like 19 for 20 on base steals right now. Right. And that, that's just phenomenal. I don't think he gets the credit he deserves sometimes out on the field. Like the other, I think it was the Red Sox game, final game of the series. He, uh, he hit a double and then stole third, and mm-hmm. it was just a great play. And then the only thing I I noticed on media was uh, Manny Machado's home run for that game, and I just kind of kind of hurts to see that because he's such a great player. And uh, I also kind of agree with your take on uh, Arias. I I think he maybe needs to go somewhere else, play a different position, or we need to find a better second base and really like line out that field. Well, Jared, my, my take, and we're running short on time. I'll look forward to hearing from you again. Uh, you know, my, my take on Urias is not that I think he needs to go somewhere else. I, I still think he's in the evaluation period. Uh, but what I'm seeing right now, I don't know if you can, you know, uh, uh, you know, put a pen to his name, marking him in day in and day out at, at second base next year. And as far as Margot, I think he's playing good ball. I'd like to see him hit a little bit better right now than 241. Rich Herrera, great job today. Adam Klug, great job. Thanks to our guest today, Brett Tomko, former NFL quarterback. Jay Cutler joined us. 
I'll be back in tomorrow at 12 o'clock. Until then, keep the dial tuned right here and only right here to 97.3 The Fan. Have a great afternoon, everyone. Bye-bye. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.